Welcome to the Watermark Students Podcast, a podcast for students featuring students where we discuss the everyday issues of teenage life from a Christian perspective. For more information on Watermark Students, check out watermark.org students, and we hope that this episode is helpful to you. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Watermark Students Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will McElroy, and today I am joined with, as always, Jermaine Harrison. Hey, great to be back. And then Hannah Spence. Hey, hey. How are we doing? And then our student guest is Easton Brown. What's up, Easton? What is up, guys? Easton, tell us just a quick highlight, like what school do you go to? Do you play sports? What are you doing next year? Yeah, I'm a senior at J.J. Pierce High School. I play football and basketball, and uh, next year we'll still, the world is soon to find out if I'm going to A&M, OSU, or Baylor. We don't know <laughs> hey, yet. Do you know yet? I do not know okay. yet. You're not, I thought you were like holding out on us, but okay, you don't know yet. Great options. Right. We, yeah. we might do a, a signing day. It'd be like, I'm continuing my academic career at A&M, <laughs> OSU. Put on the yeah. hat. Oh yeah, I already have two of the hats, so I just need there a Baylor go. hat at this yeah. point. Oh man, I love I that. I love that. But okay, so we, if you've been listening to the podcast this season, you know, we've been going through our etiquette training where we are teaching students and listeners just how to have proper etiquette in the modern day. And before we even get to today's question, Jermaine wanted to follow up about last week. Yes, guys, I know we gave you guys some etiquette training for when you're on a plane, like not reclining your chair, et cetera, et cetera. But this one just happened and it was just a great reminder, you know, as we go into this holiday season where you might be traveling or flying um, to go see family. Uh, my wife and I and our almost two-year-old son and my father-in-law were traveling to Missouri. My father-in-law is sitting in the opposite row by himself. And it's just me and my wife and our son, you know, in a row with three seats. And just to set the context for you, I mean, the plane is only half full. There are dozens upon dozens upon dozens of rows behind us. And this guy gets on the plane and he's like, uh, can you can I sit with you guys? And <laughs> my wife jokes, she was like, I wish we had a recording of a video of our faces in that moment. Because <laughs> internally we're like, are you serious? You want to sit between by a infant and parents when there's literally dozens of rows behind us. And so anyways, we were like, no, we'll have our my father-in-law come sit with us. You can you can take his spot over there or any of the other hundred chairs <laughs> on this air on this plane. So, guys, please don't 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 force yourself to sit with a family with a kid um, on a Southwest Airlines flight. That's Man, my etiquette. What would you have done if he's like, no, 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 no. Like, I'll. I mean, he goes, can, I have yeah. I have kids. I understand how it goes. Like, are you serious? He's like, Bro. I really want this seat. Like, this Please is my, leave. Uh, like, there's so many others. Been, yeah. Anyways. But that is, that's a good follow-up from last week, Jermaine. But um, let's talk about this week's etiquette training. This goes out to really the coaches of the world. And so students, if you're listening, I know some of you, you know, you may want to be a basketball coach or a football, volleyball coach in the future. And you're going to need to know this because – Today we're going to talk about how how much do you run up the score in a in a game before you pull out the starters. And mm-hmm. specifically today we're going to talk about football because Easton he had a bad experience this past week. <laughs> I mean, look, 
all I'm saying is for all those Scots listening, <laughs> you need to talk to your coach at all all four levels. <laughs> you you ran up the score. I'm still mad about it. What was the score of the Highland Park game? He, the none of the oh. peers students want to admit the score. If you if you don't know the score, you have to Google it. They don't I legitimately talk about it. don't remember. I forgot on purpose. I know we had 14 points, and that's about it. How many? If you had a guess, I think. They're in the fifties. Or uh, what was it? I'm, I'm scared. I, I don't know. I'm oh, trying to oh, like, I thought you were looking I'm, it up. I'm trying to find it, but we'll find it by the end of this episode and let y'all know the score. That's so good. But what you're saying is the game was like never close, and they did not. They did no. not need to inflict that much pain. That's correct. It was our senior night. Okay, it's the last time we were playing <laughs> football. We were we didn't even make it to the playoffs, and that's they were like, "We want this to be your last football memory." Like, <laughs> and they succeeded. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> See, look here's here's my thing on this is I'm with Scotts on this one, and here's why. Here's why. I remember my wife and I, Allie, we were just we were just beginning to date, and I thought it'd be fun for us to have like a little game night and I don't I forget what game we were playing but she was destroying me like it wasn't even close and I was getting kind of frustrated and annoyed and then she decided like I'm gonna let him win one or two but it was very obvious <laughs> um, it was just so obvious that she was like purposely playing slower like not moving as quickly just so I could win and I just told her I was that like, felt worse. Yeah, I was like, let's just not like this isn't even fun anymore. And then she started crying because <laughs> I was like, this isn't even fun. And and so it was just it was so much worse. And if she would have just destroyed me, mm-hmm. and so that's why I'm that like, is a great counterpoint. Yeah. And tell me this, Ethan, how would you have felt if they put in the backups and still were? <laughs> It would have might have been worse. Yeah. That wouldn't have happened. Okay. JJ Pierce football is legendary. Okay. Oh, go Mustangs. Let's go. Would y'all have anything, Jermaine, Hannah, to add to that? No, I think that's good. No, that's that was okay. good. great. Yeah. That was entertainment. I'm still trying to find the. All my football knowledge over here is really going <laughs> to add to that. Okay. It wasn't. I found the scores, everyone, on scottsillustrated.com. Okay. You know you got a good program when you have your own <laughs> illustrated. Website. Like, there's no JJ Pierce illustrated.com. And, you know, and you know the score is like being hidden when you have to search far and wide to find yeah. it. It was 49 to 10. It's not that bad. Okay. Oh. 49 not to that 10. Bad. Wow. Um, but it wasn't as close as it looked. No, but some were saying. <laughs> and and it wasn't just the varsity; it was also the freshmen and JV. It was yeah, they it did it like on all three all, levels, all three all, games, all, 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 the game. all ran it up. Middle school. I'm pretty sure JV got beat by like 50 points. So, man, sorry, JV guys. Hey, you hate to see it, but anyways, transitioning to um, our topic today, and guys, it's been a great season. This is going to be our last episode of. Oh, this that's season. right. Yeah. Um, I think we're ending it with just a great and applicable topic that I've I've been wanting us to do for a while. And the question we're going to be asking, and Easton uh, kind of chose to talk about this, is how do I deal with strict parents? And before we even get any further, I, I hope today, and I, in fact, I know today, I think we're going to kind of flip the script and shed a new light on uh, strict parents. And just, I, I think we're going to realize that there is there is joy in discipline and joy in being disciplined by your parents. And I think Easton will be a testament to that. But first, Easton, let's talk about your parents a little bit. Like, would you 
Tell us about your parents, and would you say they are strict? Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, you know, just shout out to Brown and Angie real quick. You know, (laughs) they are amazing parents. I love them a lot. And so just in case they're listening, I had to throw that out there. Um, But yeah, I I would say that, um, you know, being strict is is kind of like a, it's a broad term. It can mean different things to different people. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think in, um, in, most people would say my parents are strict. Um, and that would just mean like, man, I think my parents would not let me do what some of my friends do, but, mm-hmm. um, a lot of that for good reason. And like, I understand. So yeah, uh, I think a lot of people would say my parents are strict. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I like how you even said strict is that there's a broad range of strictness. Like, what does that even mean? If you had to, to define strictness, what would you say? Yeah, I think it kind of boils down to, um, everyone could say their parents are strict in some sense because it's, man, uh, this is something my parents don't let me do that other people's parents let them do. Mm-hmm. So just strict just means they're not letting me do what someone else is allowed to. Yeah, absolutely. Strictness, you know, at the end of the day, comes down to comparison. How are my parents um, allowing me freedoms or restricting my freedoms based on how I think they should restrict my freedoms or give me freedoms? And how are my parents, um, you know, being strict in relation to how other parents choose to parent their kids? And so it really is a a, a word or a, a perspective of uh, of comparison to other people and to how you think your life um, should be lived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah, I think it. if I think if we we're on like an island with with just us and our parents and they were like, hey, once the sun goes down, you got to come back to the house. You want to be like, oh, my parents are so strict. I think you'd be like, oh, they're just looking out for me. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's yeah. Really but it's is. all the comparison of like, I don't think they should do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is great. Um, So you're tell me how are you 18? I'm turning 18 Wednesday. What? Okay, yeah. man. So by the time this comes out, you'll be 18 years Welcome old. Welcome to adulting. An Easter. official oh, yeah. adult. How would you say your relationship has changed with your parents as you've gotten older? And now that you're a senior in high school, maybe compared to when you were middle school or, you know, freshman, sophomore year? Yeah, I think uh, my story kind of um, has to deal a lot with how my relationship with my parents has changed. Um, as a lot of times as a kid, um, just try to put out and maintain a perception and that include hiding things from my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that I, you know, in a lot of sense purposely created distance, um, because I didn't want to be forthright with them. I didn't want to tell them what was really going on. And so it was easier to just kind of, um, maintain distance from them, not really be honest with them. Um, and then, you know, uh, last December, a lot of things came into the light. Um, and because of that, I think my relationship with my parents has changed a lot. Um, just not, um, first of all, you know, starting to value building trust with them and what it looks like to honor them, um, and whatever I'm doing. And then also starting to see my parents as, um, not just authority figures in my life, but also as resources I can go to for advice, um, on, on anything I'm dealing with. Yeah, I love that. I think for anyone listening, if you're looking for a practical way to honor and love your parents is ask them for advice. Like yeah. go out of your way and just say like, hey, what do you think about this? Or I had this conversation with so-and-so, like what advice would you give? And that will just light your parents up, you know, and just be like, man, my kid values me enough to ask me for my thoughts or something. Like I don't have to give them 
uh, unwarranted. Like they're coming to me, and that that is just a great way to honor your parents. I love that. Um, but you mentioned a little bit, Eason, of just you were hiding some things from your parents. Like that used to be kind of your tendency. I I know a little bit of your story and how this last year has played out. But for most of our listeners, they don't really know what you mean by that. And so walk us through this past year a little bit and how specifically how this past year has changed your relationship with your parents. Yeah, um, man, uh, starting, you know, from a really young age, just uh, started hiding um, pornography from my parents, uh, which led to an addiction later on that I continued to hide from them. And because of that, that led to a lot of other lies, just quick and simple ones. Like they would ask me to do something and then I would say I did it and then I didn't actually do it. Um, things like that. Um, and then also I was hiding relationship with a girl during, um, my junior year, hid that completely from them. And so just, and, and even the people I was hanging out with, I was lying to them about that. I was also lying to them about where I was in relationship with my relationship with God, just saying that I was continuing to grow, that I was, you know, being fruitful, but ultimately I was, you know, turning my back more and more on God and, and, you know, chasing other things that I thought, you know, were going to add life to me, mm-hmm. um, but ultimately didn't. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, um, yeah. And how did you, so basically you weren't, you weren't living right. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm assuming, so yeah, your, your parents found out, right? Yes. And I'm assuming they weren't just like, yeah, it's all good. Right. Did they become kind of what we would call like more quote unquote strict afterwards? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, luckily my parents were just all in on still like encouraging me and loving me and they thought, you know, and I thanked them for the the way that they did that was discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to list out some of the things that they, uh, <laughs> they disciplined up. me with is, uh, man, I didn't have a phone for a month. Um, and then when I did get my phone, every number was blocked besides family members and a few other people that they thought it was okay for me to text or call. Um, I couldn't hang out with people for months. Um, I couldn't drive my car. Um, and these like, these were all things that were super inconvenient, especially in the, in the throes of basketball season. And I, like, I couldn't, I had no way to text them to let them know. I remember at one point I was trying to play Spotify music on the Echo Dot at my house <laughs> to like signal them, be like, hey, like you need Help. to, you need to <laughs> yeah, like SOS, yeah. like come pick me up. Yeah. So uh, all these things were, man, not very convenient to mm-hmm. me and were not fun at the time, but I can, um, looking back and even in those moments, I could see, um, man, they were striving to love me and to um, discipline me to, you know, point me towards where life would ultimately be found. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Um, the thing that comes to my mind is Hebrews twelve eleven. as you're sharing literally the discipline you experience, right. it says this, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And I just love that idea of, um, you know, discipline in a moment might seem super strict or seem, you know, super inconvenient, et cetera. But for parents who love God, who are seeking to help their kids follow, know, uh, follow and know God, like the, their goal as well is for you to, you know, 
have that peaceable fruit of righteousness in your life later on, even though it doesn't feel like it in the moment. And so I think it's important to even have that perspective of, yeah, honestly, that that parents aren't perfect. I'm sure um, your parents didn't, you know, 100% like per- perfectly, you know, handle the situation um, like no parent does. Um, parents aren't perfect, but they are God's provision. That's why I loved what you said earlier of like seeing your parents not only as a, uh, an authority figure, but as a resource, um, because they are God's provision in your life for your life to flourish, for you to experience um, uh, life the way it was meant to be experienced. So, yeah. And to go off what Jermaine was saying, um, we've referenced Ephesians 6 a lot of just honoring your parents and kind of the why behind that is because ultimately God is our authority and he has placed um, parents in our life for us to um, obey and honor God through that. And Hebrews thirteen seventeen comes to mind with that of obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. And what really stands out is that no advantage part. It truly is no advantage to us to disobey our parents when they are looking out for God's best for us. We don't gain anything from that. There may be a momentary joy or a momentary satisfaction in that, but ultimately God and our parents are looking for um, past that like instance of like momentary gratification and they're looking towards your future and eternity with Christ and the joy that will bring. Yeah. And before we, before we move along, I don't know if Will was going to say this, but you know, up until this point in the conversation, it just sounds like, Hey, you know, your parents might be strict, but if they love God, the, the discipline or the strictness, um, might be, um, painful for you, but in the end, it's all going to work out or it's all for your benefit. And I could imagine some teenager just like screaming at us being like, but you don't know my parents. You don't know what they've done. You don't know our relational dynamic, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's, it's, um, valid for us to acknowledge that there are some teenager, teenagers out there listening to this right now that their parents are too strict in the sense of maybe they aren't disciplining or, um, you know, giving consequences with a purpose of, you know, their, their child's growth and development, but maybe discipline, disciplining out of anger or revenge or something like that. And I just want to acknowledge that that's real. And maybe just maybe you need to, um, you have an opportunity to bring that up with your parents. Or maybe there's people out there who are going, Easton, your life sounds terrible. I do whatever I want, whenever I want. My parents um, never say anything about it. In fact, they support me in my um, pursuit of my own pleasures and desires in life. And and if that's you out there, I, I want to say that, um, unfortunately, in that particular area, um, you're not experiencing God's best if your parents aren't um, speaking into, challenging, and um, uh, inviting you to live in the way God intended for you to live. And then the last one is like, you know, maybe you're out there and you're, um, uh, you know, you don't have the ideal family relationship, whether it's, you know, the passing of a mom or a dad or broken family because of divorce or something else like that. And even this conversation, you, you, you might go, man, I wish I had strict parents, you know, because I, I really have nothing. And, and I just want to acknowledge that and, and, um, remind you and encourage you that even if your family isn't the way it was, 
you know, you, the way you'd want it to be, that um, you still have the privilege and opportunity to be a part of God's family, the family of God. And um, whatever your circumstance that you're in, even that is still a provision um, of the Lord in your life. So, yeah, there we go. Those are, yeah, that is, that is great, Duran. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, Ethan, so I wanted to continue the kind of your experience, hearing a little more about your experience, Ethan, and going off hand, I mentioned Ephesians 6, 1, which says honor your parents so that it will go well for you. That comes from Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16. And it's, it's a commandment with a promise. And it says, honor your father and your mother as, as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. And so we have a commandment with a promise. Honor your parents and things will go well for you. Where have you seen that like become true in, in this past year in your life, Ethan, as, as you've honored and uh, accepted your parents, just like love and discipline? Yeah, I think, first of all, I mean, y'all kind of hit on um, some things I was going to talk about. And I think you nailed it. That just um, your parents are ultimately God-given authorities. And so honoring them um, is also honoring the authority that God, God put there. Um, which is super cool. And I, I think one of the ways that I've got to honor my parents um, that has been super challenging, but also super life-giving is being forthright and honest with them, even when um, it's inconvenient or they would never would have found out about it. Um, I, the verse that I go to is like 1 John 1, 7. And it just says, but if we walk in the light as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. So just walking the light, even with your parents. Um, I could think of some examples of times where my parents had asked me to do something, you know, asked them to text them and wait for them to respond before I go, you know, get food with people. And then I went and got food anyway, even though they didn't respond or I never texted them and having to go to my parents, even though they never would have found out about it and be like, Hey, um, you know, I messed up and I, and I, you know, didn't listen to you and, and did something um, that would you'd ask me to do differently. And, and yeah, I, I need to confess that to you and, and just be honest with you because that I, I value our trust and I value our relationship. Um, and I think that's super honoring, even though it was really hard. And I, you know, my flesh wants to go, oh, just don't mention it and everything will be great. But ultimately those conversations and those situations have built trust with my parents um, even more so than if I didn't do anything wrong. Um, which is super counter to what you may think. Um, yeah, and then I think another way uh, that I've gotten to honor my parents is just going to them for advice and um, or for just to hear, you know, a yes or no on a topic and, and just being blessed by either their advice or, you know, ultimately their authority of saying like, hey, I don't, we don't want you to do that thing. Um, and I don't always agree with what they say, and I don't always want to do what they say, but I think I've seen a lot of blessing in doing that. Um, there's examples of just recently, um, Halloween, I had an opportunity to go hang out with some friends, um, and my parents were like, hey, we would rather you not do that because you know some of the things that they were going to be doing, and I was pretty upset about it. I was sitting at home, you know, watching TV alone on Halloween, and I was like, what am I doing? I was, uh, wasn't super excited about it. I think if I wouldn't have had their advice, I would have ultimately probably went. And 
Um, I got to see just so quickly the blessing of not going to that. Um, not only was there some hard situations at like where they were hanging out, but I also got to have cool conversations with people um, that were asking like, hey, why didn't you end up going to that? Um, I thought you, I thought you were, I heard you were. And I was like, yeah, I, um, not only did I, you know, not only did my parents say that I shouldn't go, but I also got to have some cool convictions about, hey, I don't think I want to be um, maybe associated with some certain things, or I just want to continue to be salt and light and be different than, than the world. So I think those um, were some super cool. Um, I love that. I, I love thinking about like, you know, like when that verse in Ephesians, which is a quote of De- Deuteronomy 5 says, honor your parents. Like there's a lot of things that honoring your parents means, but like what you just described there is a, is a, humility of heart and an understanding that like being a parent isn't that easy Mm -hmm. and um there's no rule book that says when your parent when your kid asks about going to a halloween party if if this is happening or if this isn't happening say like there's no there's no decision tree like you you know as a parent you have to discern um what you know, the maturity of your kid or the, the, the specifics of that circumstance. And so it, it's just not, um, you know, black and white. And it's really, really hard. And having that grace and understanding of like, sometimes my parents will be quote unquote strict. Um, but, but at the end of the day, they're doing it for my benefit and blessing. And, you know, maybe they should have been a little bit more lenient in that scenario, but I can honor the Lord by honoring them, even if I disagree, like that's such a countercultural uh, perspective for a teenager to have. Yeah, man, Ethan, that was that was so great. I hope everyone listening, adult or student, is just taking notes. And I think, I think really what what we have here, what you're sharing, is just a humility and acknowledging that your your parents love you and care for you. And I think in the same way, our it, that can reflect your relationship with the Lord. Because you can read the Bible in two ways. You can read it, one, saying there are a lot of rules and commandments here. Don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, don't gossip, don't slander, like don't have sex before you're married. Man, God, like you're really holding out on me. Like it seems like every everything that is fun in this world, you're keeping from me. And that is one way to look at it. And that's that's the wrong way to see it. But the right way to see it is to hear God saying like, hey, I'm, I'm telling you not to gossip because that's going to hurt you. Like I'm telling you not to uh, have sex before marriage because like that's going to hurt you. It will lead to death. Like it's going to lead to pain. And it may feel like I'm ripping you off, but I promise I'm not. I'm trying to set you free. Um, and in the same way, your parents, while, while they're not God and they're not perfect all the time, they do love you. Uh, and, and so Ethan, I'm hearing you say, like, I recognize they love me. And I may not agree with everything they're saying, but I know the heart of them telling me not to go to this party or them taking my phone away is because they want to protect me. And I think that's something that we can be thankful for. Yeah. Um, when Will was talking, a verse that came to mind was First John 5, 3, which says, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. And so just viewing um, obedience and commands from God as a loving thing, not a restricting thing, um, and seeing that as a heart um, of a father who wants the best for us. And then we get to see that in parents as well, though we may think it is strict. 
Okay, Ethan, as we wrap this podcast up, I have one one last question for you. Do you have any last advice for a student or maybe even there's adults listening to this that they have struggled or are struggling with strict parents? What would you say to people listening? Yeah, I, I think my charge is just to be uh, the two things that have helped me the most are being forthright with my parents, even when it's hard, um, to continue to value the trust in that relationship. And that includes, includes you know, being completely honest with them. Um, and then also um, viewing your parents not just as authorities, but also as resources. I think that's, um, you know, changed my relationship with my parents a lot. Um, even this summer, just kind of coming to that realization that, man, um, I'm struggling with all these things and I'm trying to figure it out on my own and I don't have to have it figured out. Um, and I can go to other people that are, you know, have more life experience that, um, in my case are, you know, faithfully push, pursuing the Lord and they can at least be praying for me and, and speak into my life, um, just about, you know, how they would handle the situation and maybe how they dealt with similar situations in the past and what they've learned from it. So yeah, those are the, the two things that I think are super valuable and important. Awesome. Love that. Um, I have so much more to say, but we're running out of time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to say them so quickly. Number one, regardless of your family situation or your parenting dynamic or whatever it might be, you have a perfect father, the God of the universe who loves you so much that he sacrificed his son so that you can be reconciled to him. And so that's the the greatest parenting move of all. The, the greater love has no one than this and a man laid down his life for his friends. And so um, one, just be reminded of the gospel and two, if you are a teenager, um, especially going into this holiday season with Thanksgiving coming up and um, and Christmas coming up and a lot of time together, I think one of the easiest ways that you can honor your parents and obey your parents is honestly to make their job easier. And, and that might be like you Googling, you know, questions to ask my parents at, at Thanksgiving dinner to learn some more about your family or about their up, whatever it might be. And it might feel awkward maybe for some of you, but just like, I think even the, the effort that, that a parent might see you putting into, you know, being intentional and helping them parent you, um, by, by, by meaningfully contributing in some ways is I think a helpful thing for you to do. So. That's so good. Yeah. I think also likewise, Jermaine, I'll try to make my last two points quick, but the first one is just recognize to the best of your ability that most of us, I know there's exceptions, but most of us owe our parents an honor that will never end. And I don't think on this side of eternity, I will ever realize how much honor I owe my parents and how much they have sacrificed and done for me. And then secondly, if I had to give a practical uh, way to extend this honor is uh, forgive them. I think uh, we can honor our parents best by just constantly extending them grace and forgiveness because they are not perfect. And like Jermaine said, it is it is hard being a parent. And so we can make that easier for them by extending them forgiveness and also asking for their forgiveness of just saying, mom, dad, I'm a teenager. I know it's hard <laughs> to, to parent teenagers. And so please just forgive me for uh, being a brat sometimes or being yeah. annoying sometimes. And, uh, that will be something that I hope you continue to do as you even enter adulthood. Uh, it's just honoring your parents by forgiving them and asking for forgiveness. But any last things guys? That's that it. Good. Okay. okay. Well, this concludes 
this season. The Easton. episode and the season. Come on. Wow. Yeah. Easton, thanks for joining us. This was so fun, man. Of course. I'm, I was glad I was able to come. Yeah, it was awesome. So as always, if you like this podcast, uh, leave leave a like, leave a review. We'd love to hear your feedback and like. hear what you think. And until uh, now, I guess we'll see you guys next season. Yes. End of January, early February, yeah, something yeah, early like that February. for the next season. We love you guys. Have a great week. See ya.